Fantasy Pros Fantasy Football Podcast with your hosts, Brent Gromoski and Mike McGregor. Welcome to the Fantasy Bros Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm Brent Gromoski, back at it again with Mike McGregor. You can find Mike over on Twitter at MikeMacFF, and you can follow me at Brent Gromoski. Today we're going to be talking about some news and notes. We'll answer some questions that our listeners uh, submitted to our mailbag. And of course, we'll let you know who our week 10 starts of the week are. Mike, how's it going? What's new? Oh, well, you know, a little bit of everything. We obviously missed last week. It's been a, I got twins on the way, so things kind of get in the way of doing the podcast, but we try to try to at least do it once a week if we can. Man, life gets busy. You know, you have one busy night, you're like, oh, we'll do it the next day. And then something comes up. And that's exactly all of a sudden, what happened last week. All of a sudden, it's a week later. So we'll try and make up with, uh, make up with it for some, with some good content tonight. So, um, all right, let's jump right into it. So, news and notes from around the league. We have Cam Newton got placed on IR today. Mike, is he done with the Panthers? I personally think he will be. If, I mean, all depends. There's still a lot of football to be played this season. But Kyle Allen has been pretty solid. So there's a chance. My gut tells me he's not going to be in Carolina after this year. But it, it's it sucks. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's definitely not what people want. You know, I just actually just traded for Cam Newton in a dynasty league that we're in. And I'm okay with it in dynasty, but man. He could have killed it this year. Right. I mean, he's just one of those playmakers in the NFL that, you know, you hate to see him get hurt for any length of time, especially out for a season like that. And you hate to even question that, you know, is he done with that with the team because he's a franchise quarterback. But, you know, I think he's owed 18 or 19 million next year. I think it's 19. Yep. Kyle Allen's super cheap. They, they spent a third round pick um, on who's the, Greer. From West yeah, Virginia. Yep. yep. So, I mean, I don't necessarily think he's done with the Panthers, but would I be surprised, you know, if they make the playoffs this year, they make a little bit of noise. Kyle Allen looks he doesn't, maybe not like a superstar, but looks like a capable quarterback that maybe they can spend some money on the defense next year instead. Yeah. You know, so. All right, next little bit of news. Nick Foles. It was announced today is going to be activated off the IR and he will be the week 11 starter for the Jags, which means Gardner Minshew to the bench, Mike. RIP Minshew mania. I know the stash, the, the headband, everything gone. That's a bummer, but it was kind of expected. I never thought that they were just going to not give the keys back to Nick Foles. You don't pay someone that much money to, not play him if he's healthy. I will say though, if Foles comes out and struggles, I bet he's on a short leash. I, I could I could easily see them pulling him maybe at halftime or something. If Foles comes out and has two picks in the first half, no, he's gonna get way more than at least a half. You think so? Yeah, he hasn't played since week one. I don't know. They're gonna give him at least a game to get back into the groove of things. Uh, you might be right, but I don't I don't know if he gets more more than a game. Is what I'm saying. I mean, if he has like a just an awful game like Minshew last week, yeah, that was a he. I, I honestly think that Minshew cost himself uh, a starting job last week. I I still think they would have won with Foles. Uh, they, it would have been a harder decision had they have came out and beat 
uh, you know, one they were in London, right, against the Texans. Correct. Yeah, had, had they came out and beat the Texans like that, it, he would have at least had to consider it. Maybe, but yeah, I don't know. I just, I still think Nick Foles is the better quarterback to play there. Yeah. So, well, time will tell. Well, All right. I saw like a first. What did he get hurt in the first quarter, the first half of the first game of the season? Yeah, it was disappointing. I think DD came out and had a bunch of you know targets while Foles was com- was playing as well. And then Minshew's first game and a half, DD sucked. And then they got on you know a little bit of, built a little bit of rapport with each other. And finally, you know, DD got hurt, and now Foles is back. So who knows what's going to happen? So, all right, next little tidbit. Uh, we had a little scare this morning. If you're a Le'Veon Bell owner. Uh, news came out that he was getting an MRI on his knee. Was that your child? It is. Hi, Marshall. What are you doing up? You want to come say hi? Yeah. Come here. Say hi, everybody. Hi, everybody. Say it's up past my bedtime. Good night. Marshall, real quick while you're on the horn here. What do you think of Le'Veon's MRI? Any comments? Uh, he said Spider Man. Mm. So yeah, whatever smart that. Smart answer. He's a smart kid. Yeah. So Mike, are we worried about Le'Veon at all? Um, I was actually expecting to hear some news on that today, and I have not seen anything. Besides, they picked up. Uh, what was it? It was Josh Adams. They claimed Josh Adams, but I think that was more of a just in case precautionary pickup. I. I I don't know. I, he's had a couple MRIs on his knee this year. I do think it's mostly cautionary. I don't think there's going to be a major issue with it, but it's definitely something to monitor. Absolutely. And if you got an empty roster spot, I mean, don't go out and spend a bunch of, of fob on him, but uh, Ty Montgomery might be somebody just to throw at the bottom of your bench and see what happens. Yeah. So uh, also, did I don't know if you listened to – uh, JJ Zach Ryerson's pod, but he's uh, very particular about the whole fab versus fob thing. Yeah, I I, I do listen to that podcast quite a bit, and I don't what know. Do I've you, always called I've always called it fab. You know, I have too, but I kind of get his point. You know, where anything AA is never it's a know, long A, uh, like it's fancy, I, like fob. Exactly right. Okay, sure, sure. We'll we'll go with that. So, anyways, back to back to the stuff. So, uh, Jacoby Brissett left uh, what in the first quarter last week. He had an MCL sprain on his knee. Sounds like he's going to be good to go week ten, though. Yeah, I mean they are playing Miami, so is there's a chance that they just rest him? Would you? I I almost think I would consider it. But Miami's kind of been – I don't want to say they're on a tear, but watch out, guys. It's magic. It's happening. It's happening all, again. All over again. <laughs> but, no, honestly, Brian Horror came in. He was actually not bad. He's not a bad backup quarterback. So, I, I do think if Jacoby can play, they're going to play him. But they also don't want to risk any long-term injuries and – lose them for a playoff run or something like that, or a chance to get into the playoffs when they're having a good season and they don't want to mess that up. So it just depends on the severity of it. And I think it's going to come down to pain tolerance for Brissett. 
I agree. Yep, I agree. Yeah, I, like you said, I don't think they're going to risk anything versus the Dolphins, but if he feels good and, you know, there's nothing that – I mean, outside of the same thing happening to his knee again, you know, if he feels good about it, I think they're going to play him. So, yeah. Uh, last two little things on the news segment for us, both IR news, one good, one bad. We'll start with the bad. Deshaun Jackson, Mike, got Man. placed on IR again today. Yeah, he's had a rough go of it this year, and it's it sucks. He's such a fun player to watch, and it has. The, I think we've kind of all seen Wentz take a little bit of a hit because he's not there. He just doesn't have that deep threat right now, and Elshon's not being very good this year. Zach Ertz has been kind of a letdown. Yeah, who do you think uh, in that offense? Who do you think benefits the next couple of weeks? While you know. I mean, to, I don't want to say replace D-Jax because they don't really have that player, but somebody that's on the roster that will, you know, maybe take over some more targets or they'll just look at him a little differently. Honestly, probably Miles Sanders. He's been – he's a very good receiving running back. And he's had his first share of targets this year with Deshaun Jackson out. So it wouldn't shock me if we see – Maybe not a huge increase or uptick or anything like that. Just consistently what he's done all year. Maybe a little bit more as the season progresses and Wentz gets more and more comfortable with him. But I, I don't know. I don't think Nelson Aguilar is anything. I did see they were bringing Jordan Matthews back in for for a visit. Yeah, I'm not worried about him. Uh, I do agree with you with Miles Sanders. I also think that Dallas Godare maybe gets a little uptick. I think him and Ertz can be used yeah. together a lot of times on the field, and it gives them an extra blocker for Jordan Howard or Miles Sanders or whoever's uh, running the ball for him. I could see that for sure. Yep. Do you think this does anything for Alshon? I mean, we've seen him all year without Deshaun Jackson, minus like that first game. But... I think I think Alshon is one of the most productive under-the-radar wide receivers this year. Yeah. I, I do. I mean, he's quietly putting up a decent fantasy season. I don't have his stats, his entire stats in front of me here, but um, he's also I, quietly dropping the ball a lot. He, you know, he's always done that in his career, though. It's not like he's ever he's been known for. He's not DeAndre Hopkins. He's not going to catch ninety balls in a row. <laughs> I, uh, it, he is one of those under the radar guys, but he had four catches with three drops last week, so that's kind of gross. Yeah, so I mean, he's got three touchdowns on the season. It looks like he's averaging about five catches a game, probably about 40 to 50 yards. So it's not like it's earth-shattering stuff. But no, but he, his targets are there, though, too. Yeah, and if he's your wide receiver three or wide receiver four, I mean, what more can you ask out of a guy? Yeah, maybe so, to catch the ball. Yeah, well, other than I mean, that, that, that's only his job or something, right? That's it's, what wide receivers do. slightly important. <laughs> so, all right, last little bit of news, IR, good. Darius Geis will be coming back off the IR after the Week 10 bye. Uh, Ooh, this just in. Darius Geis goes back on the IR after Week 11. <laughs> I was like, it's yet to be seen how that is going to play out. I mean, I don't know if they're going to ease him back in, if they're going to go 50-50 with AP. AP has looked great the last couple weeks. Um, ever yeah. since Callahan took over. I hope guys can stay healthy. I just don't know that he can. I know. I know. I, I hope he can, but it, it's one of those things that I would not bet any amount of money on. No, but I do think they're going to 
they have to ease them back in. The season's not really going anywhere for Washington. So you don't want to rush them back. You don't want to just throw 20 carries at them. You want to ease them in. If he's your back of the future, you know. Exactly. And you have AP, who is rushing the ball pretty well right now. Let him take the majority of the carries. Ease in, guys. Just kind of take it easy on him a little bit, I guess. Yeah. Well, I mean, Geis isn't known as a pass catcher, but I'd say he's a better pass catcher than AP. And Chris Thompson's out with turf toe for the foreseeable future. So maybe they ease him in as like a third down back or change of pace back for, for the first week or two. Yeah, that's possible. Absolutely. So, all right, we're going to get into a new segment here. Um, not new in the industry, but just new to us. So we posted on our social media platforms over the weekend. And we asked for some mailbag questions from our followers. So we got a couple of them. Um, Mike, go ahead and start us off with the first one. All right. So good portion of these are dynasty. Uh, only got a couple of questions for you here, though. First question, Ross on Twitter asks, in a dynasty setting, what's your preferred roster construction method? Do you lean heavier on running backs or receivers? I it depends where I'm drafting, of course. You know, if you have one of those first two to three picks, you I always grab one of the, the stud running backs because you can't find that value anywhere else in the draft. Um, but as far as the rest of the draft goes, the draft as a whole in dynasty, wide receivers are gonna have a longer shelf life. So I like to stock up on the young guys there. Um running backs, you can always find some value after the draft in trades with Older running backs, you know, you're just looking for somebody like an AP to get you 10 to 15 points a week or drafts. I mean, every draft, there's two to three running backs that come out that can just be a a roster changer for you. Wide receivers, on the other hand, as far as rookies go, we all know how those pan out. They don't really make an impact right away, typically. Now, there's a couple, you know, exclusions. I think uh, Terry McLaurin this week or this year has been great so far when Case Keenum's playing. There you go. But outside of that, uh, it usually takes them at least two years, sometimes three or four years to really get in the swing of things in the NFL. Yeah, I'm kind of with you on that. I'm definitely, if I have a top, call it a top three pick, top four pick, I'm definitely probably grabbing uh, McCaffrey, Kamara, Saquon, Zeke, probably grabbing one of those guys first, and then I'm going to build around that. But I, I do think I lean more towards in a draft especially like you said receivers have a longer shelf life i'm probably leaning more heavier on receivers which i do in most of my dynasty startups and start in dynasty drafts that i've done in the past but there's also guys like you said you can find those gems like in one of our home dynasty leagues i picked up philip Lindsay for zero dollars last year and Wrote him to a championship last year. Right. And I mean, he's just an undrafted free agent, you know? Exactly. Those guys pop up all the time. Maybe not all the time, but there's guys like that every year that you just happen to snag and turns out they're fantastic. You know, so it just depends on, like you said, it does depend on where you're drafting to. But I do lean more towards receiver heavy than running back heavy, personally. Absolutely. So. All right, let's go on to the second question. This one's from Matt on Facebook. He asks, how do you rank the second-year wide receivers for the rest of the 2019 season? He goes on to add some names such as DJ Shark, Cortland Sutton, 
Michael Gallup, Christian Kirk, Calvin Ridley, and DJ Moore. So, Mike, do you have any of those players that stand out either heads above the rest or maybe towards the bottom, not quite on the same level? So, you know me, and I think you know who I would pick as the top guy out of these second-year receivers, and that's Cortland Sutton. I've been a big Sutton guy, and I think I said on the last podcast that we did that I said he was going to be a top-ten receiver within three years. He's receiver number 13 right now, so he's working his way up with no quarterback. But I, I love the talent of Cortland Sutton. I think he just gets better and better. I love that you're. I love that you're keeping tabs on his year-end finish because you're absolutely really, right. I am. <laughs> you're really hoping he makes that top twelve. I do. But other than Sutton, I'm I, probably going to say DJ Moore is my next guy. I think Sutton and DJ Moore are heads above these other guys. I mean, not heads above. They are in a slightly higher tier than these next guys. I would agree. We it will be remain. We'll find out actually next week after their bye week with DJ Chark and see if, if he has that connection with Foles that him and Gardner Minshew had. Uh, Christian Kirk just kind of had a pooper of a game, but had three games that he was hurt for. Gallup's been hurt a couple games this season. I love all of these guys though. Oh, absolutely. It's so I, all of them, it, even. The worst guy, whether it be Gallup or Kirk or Ridley or Chark, they all have tremendous upside, and that's what you want in a receiver. Okay, so I'm going to add on a little follow-up question here. Out of those six players, if you had to go and buy low on one, so Sutton and DJ Moore are probably out of there, but if you had to go buy low on one, who would you buy low on? Chark's had a couple of down weeks. Gallup just had a good uh, Monday night football, but in the weeks leading up to that, he had a couple down weeks. Kirk had a stinker last week. Ridley's been up and down. I think the by so re- redraft. redraft. Yeah. Yep. I think the by low person might be Christian Kirk. I agree. He's, his name just doesn't pop out like some of these other names, but he had last week, he had five targets, which is his lowest on the season. But other than that, he's had like eight targets and we will talk about him a little bit later in the show, but he he's actually been pretty darn good, and Kyler's getting better and better, and that offense is getting better and better. Well, and Larry looks like he's trending down, which is sad, yeah, but it he's, is. he's just but, getting old. Um, but, no, I agree with you. I mean, Christian Kirk, he had 12 targets to start the year, 8, 12, 5 in a game that he got hurt. His first game back, he had 11. Yeah. Now, Kyler's gotten more accurate as the seasons went on. That offense is starting to click a little more. If he can catch, instead of catching four out of 12 targets, maybe he catches six or seven out of 12 targets. Mm-hmm. I mean, that, that's awesome value. Yeah. Yep. So, all right. Uh, last one here, Mike. Ron on Twitter asks, if you have a lost season in Dynasty, would you trade as many assets – as you could for 2020 draft picks or would you trade your draft picks for known talent? So if you're out of playoff contention, hmm. so at this point, let's say you have zero one or two lot or wins. What do you Gross. do? Cry a lot. But honestly, uh, I guess it depends on the assets or who your assets are in your team. I also think it depends on how you're like, how you're in that predicament is it bad luck is it injuries to your team 
or do you just not have a good team? Right, exactly. Maybe it was the the first year of your draft, and you drafted a bunch of guys that you believed in, and they stunk. You had you know bad gut feelings. Yeah. So it it really just comes down to roster construction, how your team is built. But I'm also I I mean both of these situations. I'm okay if you want to trade for the picks. I'm also okay if you want to trade for known talent. The, really, I mean, I had a guy ask us on Twitter today if he should – he got offered Odell Beckham for a 2021st. I said take Odell Beckham. So it just depends. Yeah. Um, another thing is, I mean, if you're – okay, if your team sucks, let's just put it out there. Your team sucks. You've got one win, Right. And let's say that you have somebody like a Chris Carson, okay? I think he's the perfect guy to move to a contender because by the time that your team, you know, these draft picks that you're acquiring come back around to help your team, Carson's probably going to be irrelevant in the league or he'll be towards the tail end of his career. So I would trade any assets like that, probably any running back assets outside of McCaffrey, Saquon, uh, Zeke, you know, players like that, but I would stock up on young wide receivers. Maybe they haven't popped yet. Nikhil Harry, uh, any of those second-year guys that we talked about, I think are great people to have and just yeah. load up. You know, Calvin Ridley, Julio is not going to play forever. So it's just something to consider. Right, and that's actually what I've been doing in one of our dynasty leagues that I'm not that good in right now. I'm going after these guys like DJ Moore and Cortland Sutton, and I actually just got Gallup. So it, those are the perfect guys to get because they can grow into your roster and kind of mold with the whole team. Yep. But there's really no wrong answer. If you prefer to just build from the draft, then that's fine. There's a great draft class coming in, so it might be a good one to do it in. But it's it just depends on your assets and what you can get for them too. But you make a very good point with people like Chris Carson who may not be as relevant by the team you're – by the time your team is relevant. <laughs> right. So it's right. Just, it really just depends on roster construction. Absolutely. So, um, all right, well, let's get into our starts of the week. Mike, do you have a guy? I do. We kind of alluded to him earlier and you kind of did my homework for me. Uh, it's Christian Kirk. I know he's coming off at just a terrible game. He had five targets, two catches for eight yards, which is gross. <laughs> I get it. But it was also against San Francisco. Very tough defense. He gets to play Tampa Bay, who is awful against receivers, who just got lit up by Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf. So I expect a big week out of Christian Kirk, as you alluded to it earlier. His targets this year, 12 targets, 8 tar- targets, 12, 5, 11, 5. The weirdest thing, though, is he has not found the end zone yet. I think that changes this week, and he gets in the pay dirt, and you're happy if you start him. I love it. I love it. So I've got, I've got another guy who, and this is a good uh, buy-low candidate in my eyes, Keenan Allen versus the, Reds, or the Redskins, the Raiders this week. All right. So he's been coming off a couple bad games, uh, but the Raiders, I mean – Outside of the Tampa Bay Bucks, if you are looking for a rebound game, you want to play Oakland right now. They're allowing the second most fantasy points per game to the wide receiver position. Uh, every almost every game they've been in has been a shootout. 
He's averaging 11 targets and eight catches per game versus the Raiders the last six times they've played. So, I mean, it's not like it was one game here, one game there. It's six games. The average, he's averaging eight catches and 11 targets. Keenan is a very streaky player, though, okay? So, beginning of the year, I don't, I'm sure some people remember this, especially if you owned him. He was absolutely killing it. I mean, he had, you know, games of eight catches, eight catches, 13 catches. And then he's went on a little bit of a, I don't want to call it a cold streak, but just subpar. So five, four, two, four, seven, and three. Okay. That changes this week. Light him up. You're going to love it. He's going to, he's going to show out for you. Uh, Raiders are on a little bit of a hot streak beating the Packers last week and Chicago the week before. So it is at Oakland, but I think Phillip Rivers comes through and, and gets your boy the ball. Yeah, and he's actually had a pretty tough schedule, too. Minus, you know, he played Pittsburgh and Miami week four and six. But other than that, his last couple of weeks, Green Bay at Chicago, at Tennessee, those aren't easy matchups. Not at so all. I, there's, a, there's a very good chance, high probability, that he actually has a bounce-back game. He has a pretty tough schedule. After I play, they play Kansas City next week, and then a bye week, and then Denver. So it, it's you know, not terrible. Though, but this so, week, I think you can light them up, and you'll be happy with the results. Kansas City, they've got some good defensive players, but that game's in LA, so it's pretty much a Kansas City home game. All, <laughs> all jokes aside, it, but yeah, right, exactly. Technically, it's in LA. Okay, mm-hmm. uh, but it's Monday night. If Mahomes doesn't play this week, which I, I, still, I think he's going to, but I, who knows, he's going to want to show out Monday night, you know what I mean, on ESPN nationwide just to show that Mahomes is Mahomes. Right. So the, Raider, or the, the Chargers are going to have to keep up. Keenan Allen's going to get all these little dump-off passes. I'm not worried about him next week either. Man, should the Chargers get like a handicap being that every game they play is an away game? I think they should just – I mean, okay, who has worse luck with kickers, the Chargers or the Bears? They should combine to make one super team. Oh, good idea. And then they'll lose on a kicker. <laughs> I love it. All right, Mike, you got anything else for tonight? Not that I can think of. Perfect. All right, we'll get out of here. I know Mike's got a basketball game to watch. That'll do it for this week's show. Uh, don't forget to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. We'll talk to you guys again next week. Thank you for listening to the Fantasy Bros Fantasy Football Podcast. Remember to check out our website at fantasybrosff.com and follow us on Twitter at fantasybrosff.